Uh, well, happy Thanksgiving. Um, I want to thank you. Uh, this church has been incredible to me and my family in so many ways. And even today, it was just people just saying, can I pray for you, Pastor Dave? And people walking across the space to give me a hug to remind me that I'm loved. And that's a wonderful thing that I don't take for granted. So thank you for being an amazing church family to me and my family. Um, you, you, are, you are literally spiritual family to me. And I know I'm always meeting new family members, and there's some I haven't even had a chance to meet yet. But there's something about the same spirit, right, that is in us that um, quickly moves us toward one another. And so, anyway, I love you on this Thanksgiving, this Thanksgiving Sunday. So uh, I promise not to be too long. Uh, it is Thanksgiving, and I know there are turkeys in the oven, perhaps, um, and we don't want those birds to be too crispy. So we'll. Uh, keep our eye on the clock, but you did come to church for a reason, and that was to celebrate Jesus and to connect with good friends and to hear from God's Word. So, so here we are. Um, so today we're going to continue our series called One, and if you're new to us, we're kind of putting a, an exclamation mark behind this big idea that God is one, first and foremost, and we'll recite a passage together in just a moment that clearly describes that, and then also looking for all the ways that God is working in the world to move us from plurality to oneness, and that shows up in marriage relationships, shows up in congregational life, it shows up in so many areas, and uh, so... Today, on Thanksgiving, I thought it was appropriate for us to underscore this idea of gratitude and connection, uh, because the alternative of um, disconnection is not a life characterized by flourishing. Uh, the degree to which we experience a healthy measure of connection to friends and family and neighbors and people in our church family, all of that has a direct correlation on the degree of like soul satisfaction that we experience in life. And gratitude is a big part of that. And I want to kind of take you to Scripture and show you what that looks like. So when we say yes to giving thanks, it's like we open up our capacity to connect with God, others, and to be connected to our true selves. And um, so it's a practice. Thanksgiving is a practice. Uh, we choose it. It's, uh, it's a spiritual practice, actually. And it is loaded with so much upside for us. The two things that are so important for us to be living uh, well, among other things, is a strong sense of belonging and a strong sense of making a contribution to the world. This is why retirement is a bit of a hazardous season for people, because all of a sudden our contribution seems less tangible. But all of us were made to feel like we have a strong sense of authentic belonging. This is what it means to be human. And then also, remember, God, it's not good that we be alone. So I'll make a helper suitable for him. And there's the marriage design that gets introduced. Um, so being alone and being disconnected does not lead to flourishing. We crave belonging. And we also crave a sense of contribution. If we feel like our life has come to nothing, that we've left no fingerprints, there's no wake, so to speak, behind us, uh, we've left some sort of mark, that's central to what it means to be human. We're supposed to be people who make a contribution, right? To have dominion over, to go and be fruitful and multiply, right? Is how the creator describes it. And so um, when we say thank you to somebody, we actually say to them, you made a contribution to my life. Even if it's just holding the door open for somebody and you say thank you. It's like, you made my life a little bit better. We all want to know deep down that we've made other people's lives better, right? And so this is why, one of the reasons why we say thank you, we give ourselves a gift 
when we live from a place of gratitude, not a place of entitlement. And then we give other people a gift because we recognize them. I see you. I hear you. I recognize what you just did for me. And it made a difference, right? So when you offer the hug and when you offer the prayer and when you reach out with a text message or you hold the door open or you say hello to somebody. The other day, there was this couple at the clinic. Um, they were coming out and it was noticeable that the gentleman was quite frail and he was coming from a doctor's appointment. So I was going in and I had time on my side and his wife was helping him navigate that couldn't get the trunk open on and everything. I said, I'm being sensitive because I don't want to make them feel like they couldn't do it. So I said, could you use any extra help? She said, oh, that would be wonderful. And I helped the gentleman and I helped put it into the back and they were grateful and I felt so full. It was like I had somewhere to be, but I had time and I made time. And I helped somebody else. That's not to say I'm a good person or a wonderful human. It was just a little moment in time for me that it was like, yeah, it took time. And then they thanked me. And it was like, I'm really thankful that you let me help you because this is part of why we're on the planet, right? It's part of our design. So if you're able, would you stand with me? Fitting and so fitting for us to recite this passage today. Um, the Shema for the Jewish community, the most important passage. And so we've been reciting it the last number of weeks. And so uh, I'm going to need to read from here because my glasses are not on. So hear, O Israel. Ready? Let's recite this out loud. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. So um, I know you know this already, but I'll move through it reasonably quickly. Gratitude is very, very good for us. Um, scripture is loaded with all sorts of uh, principles, precepts, um, practices along the way that are fundamentally good for us. So when we are invited by scripture to be people who give thanks, right? This is so much more than a cultural celebration. We're invited to give thanks continually and consistently in our lives. Here's what gratitude does for us. Just want to remind you that God's ways work, okay? Gratitude is good for us. It's good for our mental health. It's been found to be prescriptive for people who struggle with anxiety and depression, so if you struggle with some measure of anxiety and depression, practicing gratitude is a wonderful, wonderful prescriptive practice for you. Uh, secondly, it's good for our relationships. It fosters positive bonds that help connect people together. That's what we're talking about today, right? Gratitude and connection. When you say thank you to somebody, you recognize them. You start building rapport, goodwill, make a deposit in the relationship. It promotes increased levels of resiliency, helping us bounce back from adversity because we recognize the good. We're on the lookout for what we're giving thanks for, right? Count your blessings, name them one by one, right? A song was written like that at some point. Um, see the many ways that God has blessed us. Uh, it helps with our physical well-being. Better sleep. Anybody struggle with insomnia here? Pull out your gratitude journal. You might sleep better. It helps us with better sleep, lower blood pressure, and generally just better health. 
And this is what the social science is telling us, right? This is, this is the way we are wired up. We're wired up to give thanks. We want to stay in step with our design. It's been found to be an important ingredient in increased levels of happiness and satisfaction as it promotes a more positive outlook on life. Wonderful, wonderful practice. All right, so I have three thoughts for us today, and we'll move through them. The first one is this. Gratitude connects us to God. Um, if you're here today and you're looking for a connection with God, this is a wonderful first step for you, is to truly just recognize that you've been endowed with some wonderful blessings that you didn't deserve, you didn't earn, they were just given to you. Um, you didn't qualify for them. They have just been granted to you. Uh, remember C.S. Lewis says, the most unhappy person in the world is the person who walks along the beach and sees a glorious sunrise or sunset and feels immense gratitude but doesn't know who to thank. Uh, we as believers know who to thank. So we thank God. If you want to feel connected with God or to God, start being thankful or expressing gratitude. It's a best practice. And for those of you in the room today who want to do God's will for your life, this is God's will. When we're expressing thanks to God, we're doing his will. So if you don't take my word for it, let's look at the Bible. Let's look at scripture. First Thessalonians chapter five. Rejoice always. Be full of joy, Paul says. Pray continually. Let the operating system of your own soul always kind of have a homing device that reaches to God. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, complaining is also human. There's a whole book in the Bible, Lamentations. We can lament, we can grieve, we can complain, so to speak. But we bring those complaints as a form of prayer to God. And then as we get into his presence, it doesn't take long for him to work in us. We see it all over the Psalms. We start with a complaint and all of a sudden we end up with saying, and thanks be to God, right? For his goodness and his grace. And, um, and so giving thanks um, is, is God's will for us. And when we're expressing thanks to God, we are becoming consciously aware of his presence and his provision in our lives. Um, you, could, you could say that the gateway into God's presence is thanksgiving. Listen to Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. It's, a, it's over the gateway into his presence is tagged thanksgiving and praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Uh, and his courts, sorry, his, court, his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I know you have stories to tell of God's faithfulness. And this is what Thanksgiving is all about for us, is to recount in many ways, to recall, to remember all the ways that God has been faithful to us. Uh, there are seven, seven different offerings in the Older Testament that we won't unpack entirely tonight. But uh, one of them is called a thanksgiving or a fellowship or a peace offering. And so the worshiper would come uh, with a, an offering to present to God. And Moses writes for us in the book of Leviticus, which is not a well-read book of the Bible, but it's got so many beautiful gems in there for us, and this is one of them. Um, Yahweh would be approached with an offering. And uh, the people were not to come empty-handed. They were to come recognizing, giving something back to God to say, I recognize you're the one that's entrusted so much to me. I'm bringing something back to say thanks. So thanksgiving, peace, or fellowship offering. It's found in Leviticus chapter 7. Let me read a few verses because there's something very powerful 
in this, uh, in this passage. These are the instructions regarding the different kinds of peace offerings that may be presented to the Lord. If you present your peace offering as an expression of thanksgiving, that's what it is, an expression of thanksgiving, the usual animal sacrifice must be accompanied by various kinds of bread made without yeast. So this is flatbread, right? It's made without yeast. Those of you who've been around the Bible a little while, you'll know that that flatbread is quickly associated with the exodus, right? With leaving Egypt. And they were hurried that night when they were being delivered from the clutches of, of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And the yeast, the bread didn't have time to rise. And so bring some flatbread without yeast, thin cakes mixed with olive oil, wafers spread with oil, and cakes made of choice flour mixed with olive oil. This peace offering or thanksgiving offering must also be accompanied by loaves of bread made with yeast. So we've got thin bread reminding the worshipers of what God has done in the past. Passover celebration is a very big deal for the Jewish community. And so pregnant within the Thanksgiving offering is this idea that there'll be flat bread brought because we're going to remember that night. Do you remember the death angel passed over and the sons and daughters of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were spared and they were led out, liberated, delivered. Remember what God has done in the past. This is what Thanksgiving is about. Recall. Remembering is like putting it back together again. Let's put the story back together again in its fullness of all that God has done. But God doesn't stop there. He says, flatbread is important and bring these big, thick loaves with you too. And the reason why there's supposed to be some thick loaves is one of each kind of bread must be presented as a gift to the Lord. It will then belong to the priest who splatters the blood of the peace offering against the altar. The meat of the peace offering of thanksgiving must be eaten on the same day as it is offered. None of it may be saved for the next morning. It has to be eaten. So what do you do? Well, you remember all that God's done in the past, flatbread. You bring these big loaves, and everybody gets to eat. You share it with the community. And so Thanksgiving is supposed to be about remembering and supposed to be about connecting. And we share what God has blessed us with each other. And this is the way that we connect together. When we open our homes and when we share what we have and we share our time and our energy and our gifts, we break bread together. We choose to position ourselves for relational connection. And so thanksgiving and gratitude in many ways has a lot to do with connection with God and connection with, uh, with each other. Um, so secondly, gratitude connects us to one another. Let's talk about that for a few moments. Um, and we've already talked before about this belonging and this contribution. These are very, very important things for us to, uh, to pursue in life. And when we don't have it, we feel like we're missing the mark. Um, connection to one another, gratitude enables empathy. When we are grateful, we're operating from a place of fullness. And we can look around at perhaps some of the emptiness of others or some of the lack of other people's experiences, and it can move us towards empathy so we can reach. We bring non-perishable food items to help other people, to make a contribution. We realize everyone doesn't have necessarily what we have, and we ought to share, uh, not so that we go without, but so that everybody can have enough. Uh, that's the point of why we uh, move towards gratitude. We see our, our neighbors with empathy, and it also disempowers this nasty thing called entitlement. Um, sometimes in the recent past, we have gone after certain generations and said that they're entitled, they feel entitled. No, you know what? Humans feel entitled. 
not just one generation. All humans, when we're not at our best, feel entitled. Um, we can be very demanding, and we can really feel like whatever it is that we have, if it's ever less than, it's like, this is an injustice. I'm getting ripped off. I'm being mistreated. It's like we get used to it. We're, we're living at an incredible time in human history where we have so much. Honestly, um, if the air conditioning goes out in our house for an hour and the temperature starts to go up, it's like, wow, this is terrible. We survived. Somehow we got through it, right? Um, I have two cars in our driveway. Like, blessed. Do we have to have two? Well, sometimes we justify we have to have two, but we, do we really have to? Probably not. Um, we probably have more space in our house than we need. Um, there, there are a lot of wonderful things that are just called blessings. We call them the cherry on top of life. But when we think the cherry is the whole meal, we miss it. We miss the point. God does give us cherry on top experiences. He's not against people prospering, by the way. He loves to bless people. Loves it. That's, what, that's just in his nature. People say, why on earth did God make us to begin with? Because God doesn't need anyone. Why did he make us? He took this big risk with humans. And I say this often to people. God just couldn't help himself. He really couldn't help himself. He is life, literally. If you don't want to take, all, take it all the way back to who is God, God is life. And life just exudes from him. He just, out of him, precedes more life. That's why he's always creating. Creation's not static. Somewhere in the hill country of British Columbia today, a bear is giving birth to a cub, right? It's happening. A horse is giving birth to a calf of some sort, and there's a beautiful thing that's happening there, right, along the way. God is always, always creating. Life is proceeding from him. So it enables empathy and disempowers entitlement. Colossians chapter 3, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. There's a sermon series right there. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. See, we're looking now at somebody with a measure of empathy. Remember, right? We're remembering. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And then he says, and by the way, always be thankful. Peace and thankfulness seem to be interconnected here in this passage. Uh, by the way, as I was reading that, I was just thinking about all that's going on in Israel and Gaza and all the, you know, human efforts of hurting one another and hating each other and trying to kill each other. This passage, doesn't, doesn't this sound so much better? Doesn't this sound so much better? As God's holy people, clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Even so, come Lord Jesus, right? His kingdom is beautiful. The world needs the gospel. The world needs the kingdom. The answer is not hurting each other and executing each other. The answer is in loving each other. And I know it's complicated between our Jewish friends and our uh, Arab friends. It's very complicated. I'm not sure it has to be, but it is complicated. And so it's without judgment that we sit from our corner of the world with so much peace and look at them and say, why don't they just do X, Y, and Z? If it was that easy, they probably would have done it. It's a loaded intergenerational thing that is, and remember this, spiritually charged. This is a spiritually charged dynamic. Um, and as you read the story, remember, the story is going somewhere, right? And Israel is in the crosshairs of this story. It's very much the case.
So lest I digress, shall we continue? Here we go. One last thought for us. So gratitude helps us uh, with empathy, and it helps us disempower entitlement. And gratitude connects us to our congruent self. And with this, we'll end today. When we are grateful, when we give thanks, we actually connect um, to our congruent self because we were made. We were made to recognize blessing and to give thanks to God. And as I mentioned earlier today, if Jesus was giving thanks, how much more should we as dependent creatures give thanks to God? So gratitude, three quick thoughts, does this. It helps us practice self-reflection. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Have you had a few benefits in your life? I know you have. We have all been incredibly blessed. The fact that we are alive in the world today, that I have been able to live to be 54 years old, I am incredibly blessed. I had a good friend, David Gilbert, who died at 23 years young. Why did I get to go twofold, twice as much as my friend David? I don't know, but God has been gracious and kind to me. I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. But God has been good to me. Forget not all his benefits. This is a day where we can recite them to ourselves. So it helps us practice self-reflection. Secondly, it encourages personal humility and contentment. Um, personal humility and contentment. Philippians chapter 4. I have learned, maybe you're learning as well as I am. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Whether I'm in plenty or in want, God is still God. God is still with me. My eternity is still secure. Life is going somewhere, and I can count on the goodness of God in the land of the living and when I am on the other side with him, it will be even that much more tangible for me. And so just learning to say, I'm in this moment right now. Things could be different, but they are what they are. Remember, radical acceptance. I just accept what's real for me now. And this moment will pass. And when the next moment comes, God will be enough for me then too, regardless of what the circumstances are. And I can live open-handed, right? Not white-knuckled, open-handed. Let it come to you. Let the next moment come to you. Be present in that moment and experience the presence of God in that moment, whether you have a lot or a little. And when you have God, you know this, right? You have a lot. What do they say? Who's the richest person? The one who has the most or the one who wants the least? Take that one with you. You might have a lot less than somebody else and you're so content with it. You are rich because the appetites and the cravings and the desires and the drives, they're satisfied. But you can have so much and it's never enough because the cravings aren't satisfied and you're always looking for the next whatever you fill in the blank. So Thanksgiving helps us say, shalom, right? I have enough. I have more than enough. Thanks be to God. All right, last thought for today is this. It promotes the experience of inner peace. Anybody want some more inner peace? Yeah, Lord, bring it on. We need some more inner peace. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, 
by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God, and this is beautiful. And after you've done that, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So anxiety is real for humans, and Paul is saying, you know what? When we focus on what's coming next and we factor God out of the equation, what happens? We can be anxious. All of us can go there. Paul says, factor God in. Put him at the center of your now and what's coming next. Offer those legitimate requests to him. Do it with thanksgiving. And just watch the peace of God come. Flood your heart, guard your mind, and give you everything that you need. You and I crave peace. Our friends in the Middle East, my heart's heavy today, by the way, for Israel, as you can tell. Yours is heavy too? Yeah. For humans on both sides of this conflict, it's, uh, it's, not, it, it's not a good war. Nobody wins in war, right? Nobody wins in war. And I, I thought of this this morning. I woke up and I heard that there were like 600 deaths between both sides. And it was like, those are 600 people who are sons, daughters, their parents, uncles, grandparents, nieces, nephews. They're not coming back. They're gone. They're not away on a vacation. Right? They're just, they're not coming back. Life is tremendously sacred. And we ought to treat each other with great care and respect. And, and that's why my heart is heavy, is indiscriminate killing of strangers. God, what's happened to us? Right? Uh, Ukraine, Russia. How do some of these people... How does Putin go to sleep at night? How does he do that? I don't understand. I'm going rogue here a little bit, but I, I don't understand that. And I'm glad I don't understand that because that means my humanity is still somewhat intact. When you lose your humanity, you know what happens? Nobody else matters. Cut them off on the road, who cares? Drop a couple bombs here and there break through a fence, grab some guns, get on some bikes, and just shoot people. Because nobody matters. Life doesn't matter. So, Lord, give us a revival of the sacred nature of human life. Right? Driving by people downtown Oshawa who struggle to have a place to call home. Trapped in addictions and mental health issues. We're overwhelmed with needs, right? One person can't change the world but we can do something. We can help somebody put something in their trunk. We can bring some non-perishable food items today. We can even give blood at a blood donor clinic. We actually invite you today to think about next week to go to um, our website, kingstreet.org. There is a need for blood. Um, when we need it, we're glad it's there, right, for other people. Um, but our staff team had plans to go up this week and do it as our act, and then we, things got complicated for some of our staff, so that's not the case. But we still said, should we invite the church to do it? And it was like, yeah, let's do this. So um, if 10 of you go, that's wonderful. If 50 of you go, that's even wonderful, more wonderful. Um, but you can head over to kingstreet.org. We've done it all there for you. You can just go click on a link, and you can go, and, and there's a, a test process to make sure you're eligible to give blood. But... Um, we ought to be people who look out for neighbors. People will never know, never meet, but our blood can help them live. And so that's another opportunity for you. We want to 
we want to really believe to our toes and practice it that Durham Region's a better place because King Street Community Church is here. So we just bring these things to your attention. Some of you do it already on a regular basis. So if you're able this week, head over to our website. You'll find it. It's clearly marked there for you. And, uh, and maybe this will be an opportunity to uh, do something tangible to help somebody else and to give thanks to God, right? Just one little way. Also invited you to uh, consider giving a Thanksgiving offering towards our chapel. Um, some of you are able to do that and uh, maybe you've already done it. I sent a video out earlier this week just to invite you to do so. And uh, you can go home this afternoon and even do it. This is the wonderful thing about giving. There's like an electronic offering bag open 24-7 on our website. And you can give. And so we'd invite you to help us with that. All right, so if you're able, would you stand with me? I want to pray a Thanksgiving blessing over you. And um, next week, we're continuing our series called um, One. And I'm just going to double check that I haven't forgotten anything else that I was supposed to mention here. There's a newcomer's breakfast next week. It's in our fusion room. It's at 9.15 a.m. Uh, if you consider yourself new to King, we'd love to have you come. And there's no strings attached. There's no, just a chance to have a nice meal, meet other new people to the church. And uh, pastors, board, staff will all be there just to warmly welcome you with some Christian hospitality. So if you've been here and you haven't been to that newcomer's breakfast, you consider yourself new. It would be wonderful to have you. Okay, let me pray for you. Oh, Lord, thank you for so much. We have been reminding ourselves throughout this morning that you have blessed us in so many ways. And the chief blessing, God, is the gift of Jesus, who has um, demonstrated for us what... Um, a truly God-centered human life can look like and also has blessed us by laying down himself so that we can have redemption and the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. And so we thank you, God, for the example that Jesus has been and for what he has done for us. Pray, God, that you would lead us forward, recognizing all the ways that you've been generous and open-handed and kind to us. I know, Lord, that I get the privilege of serving a grateful congregation. These are wonderful people. I thank you, Lord, that they care about others. I thank you for the way that they serve each other, for the way that they speak to and about one another. Lord, we pray that our speech would be seasoned with grace always. As we speak about and to each other, Lord, may there be gentleness and kindness and empathy and compassion. May there be a desire to build up and not tear down. And may we uh, recognize again the gift of the person sitting to our left or to our right. And uh, we thank you again, God, that you have put us in community, not to live in isolation or alone, but so that we might truly be connected first and foremost to you and then to one another. So, Lord, make us continue, continually a grateful people. And uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.